Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Lead Ministry Live and the Lead Volunteers Podcast. My name is Josh Denhart. Super grateful that you're here. Uh, we are excited today because we're talking about something that is like this untapped, often an untapped resource when it comes to serving in a ministry context. So we're excited to unpack that. Uh, before we do, however, just want to make you aware we do this on the regular. We have a brand new YouTube channel that all of these interviews are kind of thrown to. So you can go there if you just look up Josh Denhart. Also, these appear on the Lead Volunteers podcast, which is ever growing. Boy, we're so excited that it's uh, finding its way. Well, one of the things that we do, one of our goals is to make sure that you, the ministry leader, number one, stay organized. Number two, you stop the revolving door of volunteers. And third, you prevent ministry burnout. And we can help you with that. If you would go to leadministry.com, we have a lot of on-demand courses and one-on-one -on -one coaching uh, to keep you safe and secure in your ministry role. Well, gang, we're excited today. As I said, we're talking today about best practices in leading student leaders. Hello, Trish. How are you today? Trisha. Trisha I'm Peach. doing great. How are you? I am good. I'm so thankful that you're here. We've been friends for a little bit, and I have been impressed with a lot of the great things that you have done over the years, including you're getting ready to get your PhD. Am I right? I am getting close. I'm supposed to walk the line at Bethel University in May. God willing, you can all pray for me. Yes, exactly. Uh, that I finish the last 35 well, pages. I'm proud of you. And uh, before the podcast started uh, and we hit record, very, very, very exciting stuff. We'll save what your topic is maybe for another another podcast. Hmm, maybe oh. so. Yeah. Well, today, Tricia, we're talking about best practices in leading student leaders. So when we were leading student ministry kids, maybe so. Well, what, before we get to that, just tell us just a little bit about yourself and your history. Oh, sure. Um, again, my name is Trisha Peach. Um, I'm the author of Your Children's Ministry from Scratch and Your Children's Ministry Beyond Basics. Uh, the first one of those talks about how to set up a kids ministry at your church if you're relaunching, if you're, you're just starting one. The second one goes deeper into special needs kids ministry, uh, recruiting do's and don'ts, things like that. Yes. Uh, I travel and teach out of my books a lot. I love what I get to do. I feel very blessed to get to be in so many places and meet new people. I have a husband of 22 years, Scott Peach. He's an IT professional, which, oh my goodness, is that handy in kids ministry. <laughs> yeah, right. And I have two kids, and I cannot believe I'm saying this, one in college. Uh, he is going for physics at Wisconsin Lutheran. That's he good. wants to be a nuclear engineer, which he did not get any of that from me. None. None. None of that came from me. And then our daughter is uh, a sophomore in high school. She's wonderful. She's really got a heart for ministry. So I feel very blessed. I'm from Wisconsin. We have snow everywhere today. Oh, really? It's, it's starting to snow here in Iowa. So, oh. and I, I, I looked out and I just got really frumpy. I was like, no, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm just not quite ready for it. Well, I'm super grateful that you're here. Uh, your, your books are 
kind of like a, a staple in some colleges and universities in terms of their children's ministry curriculum. So that's super fun as well. Well, let's talk today about working with youth. Interestingly enough, we got three big buckets that we kind of we kind of dip into here. Let's define it. We're going to talk about what what is youth. What are, what does it mean when we're talking about serving with youth? Let's develop it, go a little bit deeper, and then let's do it. How can we get started? So help us out. Talk to us about what to expect with youth workers, maybe even from a definition standpoint, when you say working with youth, what do you mean? That's an excellent question. What am I saying when I say we need to open this up for youth workers or student ministries workers? God had to do a lot of work on me for this because I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I I want that high level of excellence. Uh, When I was in college working as a children's pastor, I would only use college students. Because they were far more uh, developed, they had kind of a little bit more mature and kind of the yes. obsessive compulsive side that you and I have. We're like, okay, their exactly. kids are like high school kids are harder to work with. They're less refined. I get it. So then when I moved from there uh, about six hours away, Sheboygan, Wisconsin, there were no college students. This was not a college town. So our, our church was not a big hub for uh, college students, but we had a lot of high schoolers. And I said, God, I have no team. And I'm used to working with a team approach when we do sure. kids church, you know, a dance team, drama team. I like a lot of the illustrative methods and I have no one. And I felt like God was telling me, well, then you build one. Right. And, see, and I the, said, well, how can the, I build one? All I have is teenagers. And yes. I felt like he was saying, exactly. So it's funny, right? They say um, when it comes to a team, you can either buy one or you can build one. And yes. in the church, we really don't have the option to buy one. And so it's like you go to war with the army that you have, not the army that you wished you had. You were hoping yes, and wishing that you could have college kids. But God is like, hey. You go to war with who you have. And so you had high school kids. So what what were some of the, like when they when you first started working with them, what, what were some of the, what did you, like what could we expect when working with high school kids? At first it was very difficult uh, because there were only three teenagers working in, in there at all. Sure. And I said, if you're gonna serve in here, we're gonna have very high expectations. You will be at rehearsals or you sure. don't go on. Uh, and you need to interact with the kids and all three of them quit on day one. (laughs) So I thought, well, this is going to be an absolute disaster. And it wasn't, we had a lot more that signed up because they were excited and they wanted to do something. Do ministry, not just sit in the back or something like that. Yeah. Like actually get their skin in in there before because they knew they couldn't do anything. Right. Because they were Uh, not being, I think there's a lesson to be learned there, right? That they actually that they're excited to participate and be a part of this. Yes. And then I had, you know, a surprise where when I set the standard very high, yes, as they you stepped up to meet it. And I think that's uh, another thing that that is a very key point. What to expect with youth. They will meet you where you set the expectation. Yes. So it became a situation that I didn't have to worry if my youth workers were going to be there and be ready and be practiced. It was my adults that I'm going, all right, if they don't get here in five minutes, I got to find someone to cover that class. Yes. And so I think I think what you're saying is quite true. And so, you know, um, they will they don't. Here's where I think a lot of expectations fail, where you may have an expectation. They don't meet it. It's because you've not communicated it to them. Yes. 
right? So they yes. can't hit the mark that you haven't told them. And there are, some people are like, well, well, you know, that's just common sense. No, it's not. You need to communicate your expectations. And so when it comes to youth, some of ours were you will show up on time. You will you will sit amongst and be with the kids and befriend the kids. You will yes. not be on your phone. And oh. right. So just some of these things. And so we just we set it high like you did. Yes. And they all there was we ended up creating a culture where it was a cool thing to be serving with us in in ministry. And so the kids were, I mean, it was like, you had to like meet some certain benchmarks of, of, uh, of excellence. Right. I love it. I love where you said, create a culture, Yes. You're creating a culture of serving. Yes. And interesting enough, the statistics prove, okay, we know once they hit high school age, we're losing about 60% of our Christian kids where they don't come to church anymore and mm -hmm. they never come back. And that's horrifying. Right. That 40% that we keep are almost all those that are involved in some form of ministry in the church. You're exactly so we right. we keep the ones we involve. That's you right. keep the ones you involve. And I, you know, so, the way that I've put it over the years is my wife and I have taught on this. We say, if they serve, they will stay. Oh, I love it. Yes. Yes. Uh, and I got challenged again when I moved to Dayton. Yes. Because in Dayton, none of the teenagers were willing to serve. Okay. At the time, and this yes. was a big, big church. So I started with uh, fifth and sixth graders, which was a stretch for me. I thought this is never going to work. This is going to be a disaster. It went fantastic. And yes. then we had more of the upper high school join. And then I ended up with third and fourth graders. So the, the pressure- You can, was, you can yeah. make it work, right? It had to, the pressure had to be on me to get more organized and to create opportunities for them to serve. See, I if think there that's, aren't those opportunities, I need to create them. That's very interesting. And so it comes down to if you're going to work with youth or even preteens, it comes down to you being organized. It comes down yeah. to you finding creative spaces because it's not like you're going to give a fifth and sixth grader the upfront speaking role. Likely not yeah. going to happen, but there are places and spaces where they can get involved. Okay, so... Our next thing is, let's just dig this a little bit deeper. Let's develop it. So what would you say are the benefits of having youth serve with you? Oh, the benefits are huge. I actually have taught a workshop on why our kids' ministry doubled in attendance as fast as it did. We went from 300 to 600 kids in nine months. Yes. And a big piece of that, a huge piece of that, was our student leaders that right. stepped up. And what do I mean by that? It, it finally occurred to me one day that none of these kids sitting in these seats wanted to be, I mean, right now I'm turning 44, so they don't really want to be a 44-year-old no, that they drives don't. a minivan. We're the funny, they want to yeah. be a teenager so bad. That's they right. want to drive. They want to, and we know this because, of, you know, next week will be Kids Bop 4,568. Yes. They want to do the same songs. And I noticed that whatever the youth group kids were wearing, the kids' church kids were wearing the next week, for better or for worse. Right. They talk like them. They want to watch what they watch. It's the, they want to it's the cool factor, right? Yes. It's the cool factor. And so... Um, I also had to, it didn't take me very long, 
but but I had to internalize, wow, these high school kids have significantly more like influence than yes. the adults do. Now, the balance, of course, is that the adults might have a little more spiritual grounding and the youth yes. kids bring in the cool factor. And so that's a nice balance to one another. I would say also a benefit to the youth, to youth serving with you is the benefit to them, which we kind of already talked about. I agree to them staying connected with the church. But funny thing is, is that those who stay not only serve, they also have an adult mentor in their lives. And that can be the adult that's a part of that small group, right? I think that's fantastic. And I, I totally agree. I think kids ministry is one of the number one places where we should be involving youth ministry. The kids' brains are hardwired already to follow yes, and are. to imitate. That's right. So they're going to imitate. So we should give them heroes worth following. Agreed. Heroes we would want them to follow. Some of the stuff I see on TV, I do not want those kids following that example. Um, but what you just brought up is important. If you look at the whole church, Yes. Where are these teens going to have an opportunity to use their gifts and and even once in a while to make a mistake? That's hard for me because I'm an I you know excellence excellence. Uh, but typically, some of our youth are called to want to help with worship or sure. want to help with drama, and they may not get those opportunities. Yeah. In youth and group, and they may because- not get them. In- They're certainly not going to get them on the big stage unless they're hyper, hyper talented. Right. Right. And so, you know, uh, I was a high school chemistry teacher for a number of years. And uh, in in the high school that I worked at had a winning like a a state caliber winning football team year after year. They would win state. And one of the ways that they won is that when they were ahead by 21 points, they would put in the sophomores and not play the seniors, right? So you put in, like play the freshmen, play the young kids and give them some experience because give them a chance because the way that they were 21 points ahead is those seniors had actually had quite a bit of playtime three years earlier as sophomores and freshmen. So in the same way, we need to play the freshmen. And is it going to go as, as, as clean? Likely not. Is it going to go as perfect? Likely not, but it's actually quite a win. Okay, another quick one here. Differences that we can expect when we're working with youth as opposed to adults. There are some distinct differences. So talk to us about that, Tricia. There are definitely some differences. One of the biggest I have found is in communication. Most of my adult leaders prefer I send them an email or on Facebook. Almost zero of my youth leaders are on Facebook. (laughs) It's the old people only. Yes. And they don't check their email unless they're at school. Email is, yeah, it's it's totally different. Their communication styles are way different. Send them a Snapchat or something. I don't know. Yes. Yes. Snapchat, uh, a group text, or um, I have uh, Instagram. Yeah. They have like such a a short attention span. Yes. Yes. A DM. I like having them all on one. So then they'll it's tell mass. each other, hey, did you look at that? Hey, did you look at that? You know? Yes, and you're, you're exactly learned, right. They have such a short attention span. The other big difference I've seen is adults will act independently more. They'll say, okay, well, I'll, I'll take that on this week. I'll do it. They will ask all their friends and come to a group consensus. If of, we're going to do this or if this is cool, 
Oh, wow. I hadn't thought so about that one. Typically, I will find one of the most outgoing ones that's most popular and convince them, <laughs> and then I have the group. Is that not such, that, that's like that's like leadership lesson 101 when working with youth, isn't it? So number one, you just said their communication is way different. They don't use Very Facebook. Different. That's, what do they say now? That's boomer, right? That's like the old school. They don't use Facebook. They aren't going to use email. So right. you have to communicate in a way, like here's the deal, Trisha, you can't expect them to play by our rules. We have to oh, go right. the extra mile and play by their rules. That's first. I like that. Second, I think that it's just hilarious that they are looking for the, 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 the collective buy-in as to whether this mm -hmm. is gonna be something that they wanna participate in. Very interesting. Yes. And so yes, you have they to- They said that's a, a yeah, Gen ahead. Alpha thing. They said that's more Generation Alpha that does that. Um, I'm Gen X, and we're just kind of like, I don't care what you do. I, I'll, I'll do I'll, the object lesson this weekend, but that's not them. Um, isn't that interesting? Very yeah, interesting. Say, we are going to do the moves to the song this weekend. We will do this drama together this weekend. Uh, uh, and and I wonder if it's like a safety and numbers thing. I would love to see what what the alpha thing is. I didn't know that they were generation alpha, so I learned something new today. That's what they are. I, I actually went to um, Dr. Chris Corbett's class on gen alpha uh, at CPC. I think it was two years ago. And I was just in awe. Just. Yeah, that's super oh, cool. Oh, my gosh. She she was calling it out. She was describing my group of kids that I work with. And I'm thinking. Oh yeah. Okay. So Gen Alpha, apparently they are, they just move as a collective group. That's it's, very interesting. And so that's a major, we're talking about differences when working with adults and working with kids. So definitely communication, definitely that they are going to, you know, see what everybody else is doing to see if that's cool or if they're going to have a group. Is there any other thing from a difference standpoint that you've discovered? I have noticed that they tend to make extremely tight turns that we don't usually at least i don't i want to know several weeks in advance ah. i'm planning i am planning out way in advance sure and these guys will go oh well we, we're gonna rehearse but this person's having a party on friday night so we are all going to said party yes and we'll and, find and another going, time to rehearse we hope right yes yeah and they just made that decision like that and I'm going, wait, 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 wait. When did you find out about this party? Oh, at school. So we're going to go there tonight. They and make so, these tight turns, yeah, snap so, decisions. Yeah, tight turns, snap decisions. And so somebody might view that as they're untrustworthy. And we have to reframe our thinking, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we begin to view them as untrustworthy, I think we're going to be, or we're going to have that superimposed lens by which we look through yeah. and it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's not necessarily that they, but listen, when you're a high school kid, you have very few obligations. And yes. in our lives, Trisha, we're like, like mm. a, gosh, like a, 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 a battleship that takes five miles of open water to do a 180, right? I mean, yes. there's so many factors. My work, uh, uh, yes, yeah. my kids, I can't do these quick speedboat moves, but we got to give them freedom to do those things, right? This is their one yes. and only life and they want to live that life. 
Well, and usually what I do is I will put it back on them and say, okay, you know, you can't go on if you don't rehearse. When are you guys going to rehearse? That's a great thing. So it's not, you've made this commitment. You have to do it my way. You, you put it back to them. That's a fantastic thing. Okay. Give me a couple of best practices with youth. I do think there are some differences in how you work with youth. A lot of it is appearances. You have, I wish we didn't have to think about that, but you yes. do need to think about that. Yes. One thing I will not do is I, just me personally, I don't private message one student. I will always have at least three of us on there. Okay. So I try to do a mass group one back and forth. And um, part of that is because this this generation, this young generation, they will just out with the most personal stuff. They will. That I'm going, oh my goodness, and they'll just say it. And, and so there's there's so safety for I, us. I, A best practice is safety for us. Correct. As the leader by correct. not by by having this a little bit more in a group context. And I think that that's just a general wise thing anyway, but how much more so with youth because they don't have a filter. Yes. They they will share very openly about something where you're like, "What? Really?" And so yes. there is safety in numbers. Okay. So um, best practices, of course, we communicate with them differently, but you're saying we communicate yes. with them possibly in group contexts so as Correct. not to have some type of false intimacy and, you know, the big brother thing that gets weird and all that stuff. Okay, good one. Another one? And I also like, um, I, I try to do the group, I, I always do a group text too, because then there's always a written record of exactly what I said. I and think I that's really intelligent. So keeping like keeping records because things yes. can get misconstrued or mom and dad could say, hey, this is weird. And it's impinging upon us to have Correct. documentation. That's our job. Correct. And I've never had any accusations or anything like that. And I just want to keep it that way. And Absolutely. So I don't meet with them one on one when we rehearse. It's always sure a group rehearsal. And I make sure that they they aren't and, and if they'll say i'm going to tell you something super private and i'll tell them i'm not really keen on keeping a lot of secrets from mom and dad yes so um, and sometimes i'll even copy a parent on those texts yes that, that's a good one so when communicating you could put in a parent or two and now another thing i've had kids say hey could i tell you something and you promise that you won't tell anyone at all and my response has been well if you trust me enough to share with me something that you're not willing to share with anyone else, then you need to trust me to know that I am trustworthy enough to know who I could or should tell this to if it's necessary. So well, I'm not really good. promising that so you good. that I won't share this. I'm promising you that I'm trustworthy enough that if you entrust me with this, I'll know the right people to connect with. So right out of the get go, I'm not promising anything, kiddo. You know, right? Because I did have one uh, youth leader that confessed uh, an addiction, yes, which I felt was kind of dangerous. And I told her, um, "I need you to tell your parents yourself." And I said, "Why don't you do that in the next three days?" I have done. You the same. tell them yourself. Yes. Um, and but this is dangerous, and we need their help. And, and you know, I was in a situation like that years ago as well, and. 
you know, th this is some of the waters that you're going to delve into if you're going to be serving, having youth serve with you. And so somebody might yes. be like, whoa, man, I'm not into that. Well, then maybe you shouldn't sign up to have youth serve with you because they're complex yes. beings and we are yes. shepherds to them all. Listen, right. I am not a program director. I'm a pastor. Yes. And so oh, I love that. They that may was great. Yes. Right? They may be coming to me with hurts. They see me as a, I hope they would see me as a godly individual that can be trusted. And so if they begin to pour out their heart, it gets messy. It gets yeah, it messy. Does. And yeah. you should expect, you should expect that. Uh, and absolutely. Uh, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing, but we should be, we, we should treasure the opportunity uh, that we have with them. Um, oh, absolutely. And I would say watching them develop and some of them now working in kids ministry, just totally, that's one of the best things of, of this job. Um, another thing I would really suggest, I cannot stress enough would be, I, we do a, a conduct, um, a conduct form with all of our adult volunteers. Yeah. So I would do one with the youth volunteers as well. Yeah, we had that um, as well. It was kind of I, like a, like, like if you're going to serve with us, this is kind of the rules of the road. If you break those, then yes. you're going to, going to maybe have to surrender your opportunity. Now, the interesting thing is what I did is I made the form, what I call the black hat, and I got to wear the white hat. So if they made a mistake or if they made a moral decision, I would say, oh, look at the form. Oh man, this, yes. we got to stick with yes. that as opposed to me saying, Hey, I'm the bad guy now. I don't want to wear the black hat. Yes. I made the form wear the black hat. So I love that. And you have to have something like that because otherwise it looks like you're just picking on one child, exactly like right. you are singling them out. Whereas they understand when you say, okay, you signed this, this is the rule across the board for right. everyone. How do we get you back on track? Absolutely. And, and, and it, the parents sign it for us too. The parent has also oh yeah. signed it. We, we have the parents sign as well. And, I, and again, it comes down to shepherding and stewarding them as, as little ministers, right? Okay, let's go to our next one, that. which is how to start and how to train. Now, so let's, let's talk about how you would start. Because somebody out there is like, you know what? I've, I've kind of dogged out the idea of me serving or having youth serve with me. I think this is kind of encouraging me. Maybe I should do some of this. There are some benefits. How would we get started? I think you hit the nail on the head where the, the younger generation, they want to participate. They want to do something. Yes. So if you're asking for some of them to just sit in there, you're probably going to miss out on some really quality leaders. Yes. So I hand, I start hand asking. I will, I especially look for ones that are maybe involved in drama team at their school or sure. um, tech team. And I'll say, I want you to consider joining our team. And I'll tell them up front, the expectations are high. Yes. It is, it's tough work. You must be at the rehearsals, but I think you'd be fantastic at it. Uh, I do recruitment pushes about three times a year. One of our biggest recruitment successes with youth leaders is we do an outreach every summer for uh, families. Mm -hmm. So think kind of like VBS, but with more yeah, drama. Yeah, family-centered, sure. 
yeah, family centered and we have a lot of families come to it. Um, in fact, uh, we had, they said that for VBS, they'd never had like more than 50 kids. This is in Dayton, Ohio. Sure. With all of the showings we had one year, we cracked 2,400 people that came. These were families. Wow. wow. Um, but we were, we were playing on the popularity of Toy Story. Okay. okay. So the Toy Story was out. So we did Joy Story and we had the kids dressed up as toys and we did drama and we did music and all the kids had to, their talents that they were doing. And of course, then they wanted to bring all their friends to That's see them. It. That's it. That was a, so that was a friends. That was an interesting play that you could have to get to get this thing to start. So yes. they were involved. You cherry picked some good ones. You got them yes. plugged in and then they invited yes. their friends and they were like, again, this is this group think thing that they may have mm. all together. Yep. We're like, hey, if they're doing that, I'd like to do that. Hey, you know, one thing that I thought of is that we kind of merge this together with a benefit to the student, which is a lot of them are going for what's called silver cord hours. Are you familiar with this? Yes. Like their service no. hours. Okay, so silver cord at our school and many schools around the metro, if you put in 40 weeks of volunteering a year, you get to have a silver cord at graduation and you get to put on your resume or on your college application that you have achieved silver cord. And so then, you know, we would make it well known, hey, if you're looking for silver cord hours and you qualify biblically and you're you have yes. a you know strong character this would be a good fit and so people could really yes. achieve all of their silver cord hours with just us oh they could absolutely i know that my son last year when he was applying for scholarships which he, i made him apply for like two every week i was so mean <laughs> yeah yeah but every one of them asked how many volunteer hours do you have exactly where did you volunteer right. because those scholarships, they based a lot of it on what, how many volunteer hours you have. That's exactly right. And so it could be a huge, huge, huge win for us. Well, you know what? This has been a fun conversation. I've really appreciated this. I've appreciated you over the years, uh, but this oh. has been fun. You're a very thoughtful, well thought out person. And I'm excited, actually. I would love to have you join the podcast again. Thank you, Miss Tricia. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I have a passion for involving young people in ministry, so yes. I jumped at the chance. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, gang, this has been another quick episode of Lead Ministry Live and the Lead Volunteers podcast. So grateful that you're here. Thank you guys so much. Listen, don't be afraid to involve youth in your ministry. I think that could actually shape their lives, but I think that could also help shape your ministry. Well, gang, that's been another episode of Lead Ministry Live. My name is Josh Denhart, and we'll catch you on the next one.